You are listening to Down Home. You want to jump right into it? <laughs> yeah, man. Why not? All right. Welcome to Down Home, the Nova Scotian experience from two black men. I am Derek Wise. And as always, we have Jay Jones. He, for- <laughs> he forgot my name. <laughs> no, I didn't. Man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's all good. Oh. What's happening, y'all? Yeah, man. So um, anyone that follows us has noticed that the content has slowed down a bit. So we're coming towards the end of, um, I, always, I always try to avoid calling it seasons, but honestly, it's the end of this season. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, we usually cover a lot of really heavy content. So I thought we would end stuff, something on a, a potentially lighter note, depending on what questions Jay Jones has, has picked, but we're, we're going to ask each other four separate questions. So this could go anywhere. We we haven't revealed the questions to each other. So this is right, right off the cuff, off yep. the cuff, off All the right. cuff. All right. So who you, wants you want to go it? first? Uh, you oh. know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go first. Yeah, go ahead. Cause you forgot my name. But I, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um, all right. Uh, all right, man. We started this podcast in 2020. Now, three years later, after COVID, after 62 episodes, how has the Down Home podcast changed you? And how has that change inspired you? It's kind of a two part question. Okay. But... Okay. So, Jay, Jay's going deep on the off, off the tip, man. All right. Um, How's it changed me? Um, I th- I think I have more refined thoughts about my blackness. Um, of course, I've always had considered the fact that I am black, of course, mm-hmm. but learning more about and having conversations about our history and and um, having conversations with other prominent black people about their thoughts. I have more more refined thoughts about my blackness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's how it's really changed me. What was the second part again? Uh, and how has that change inspired you? Well, it, it's it's really um, lit a fire for to, moving forward. I want to tell more stories. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I really I really do want to tell more stories, man. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't that deep. That was uh, that's, that's but, deep, but, man. <laughs> yeah, true. But you know, when you think about it, man, three years is a long time, and it is. You know, sixty-two episodes—that's a long yeah. time, and uh, a lot of work has gone into it. So, you know, through those times, you learn a lot about yourself. I think you know, and yeah. I was just curious how true. you felt about that. Yeah. True. All right, my my turn. Yeah. Um, so I'm not that deep there, but anyway, <laughs> all right. 72 Lakers versus the 96 Bulls. Who wins in a seven game series? The 72 Lakers. And With to Jerry refresh your, yeah, okay. I was going to refresh your Jerry memory, West, but I don't have Gail, to. Gail, Gail Goodrich, uh, yeah. Elgin Baylor, um, Wilt, Wilt, Wilt the yeah. Stilt, and uh, you know, some I think Jamel, I don't know if Jamel Wilkes was there, Bob McAdoo, maybe Bob McAdoo. I'm, I'm sure, all but Hall anyway, of famers, man, all yeah. Hall of Famers. And if for, for those who don't know, the 96 Bulls, you got Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, uh, Dennis Rodman, and a cast of characters, yes. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough one. Um, now, the other thing is the the um. 
72 Lakers had the best rake record for the longest time mm-hmm. at um, 72 and 10. Yeah. Until the um, Bulls came along and beat that at, at uh, 70, 72 and 10. Actually, it was 69 and 13. Sorry, 69 and 13. Yeah. But they, but, but during that season, I think they won 33 games in a row, in a row, which is, which is probably the longest uh, streak. And the the Bulls won, uh, I think it was 20 something mm -hmm. at that time. Yeah. One question I'm going to ask you where's the three point? Because the three point line wasn't in the NBA then, right? Modern day three pointer. Okay. So, you know what? I'm going to, Ooh, that's a tough one, but oh man. <laughs> I guess I did go deep there, man. Yeah, no, that is really deep. Uh modern day. I'm gonna give it to my Lakers. Really? And why? Just just more depth. Um, you know, even though Wilt was on the downside of his career, he was still averaging like 20 rebounds a game and even led the league in assists one year with the Lakers he did it might have been even that year and I think uh you know they were I think uh good rich and uh West has the range to hit those threes because yeah they Mr. Do. Clutch Mr. Clutch was hitting half yeah. port shots on the regular yeah, yeah. so um and I, I think and Elgin Baylor the most underrated player I think in a lot, a lot of circles because he just doesn't get the notoriety. And he is like, he was like the first sort of athletic forward yeah. besides, but like more elegant, like, like Jordan was, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but he yeah. never got that. Uh, he never got that sort of recognition. Um, he was in his prime. Uh, yeah. The Lakers were in the prime. Mr. Clutch, the logo was in his prime. All um, right. All right. You know, that's I, that's a tough one, but you yeah. know anyone who knows me who knows who I'm going to pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Bulls, but anyway, all right, uh, all right. Your turn, your turn, man. Well, now you know I did have some deep questions, so I'm going to change it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change it up. Just you, you don't have to cup. change it up. Go deep, man. Go deep. Okay. Well, all right, all right. Well, I'll try to mix in some other things too. All right. Well, first off, I'm going to say, what is this? Is a good question. What is something you learned about? black history that you didn't know before like you know we come from a system that didn't always show you know we always mention oh there was something about the maroons a little blurb a little this a little that but um what is something you learned from doing all all these episodes and talking to different people and them sharing their history and it being passed um you know and you know we even had had a good family barbecue last week where an elder of yours was talking about some of his history, you know? Yeah, and yeah. Um, so what is something that you learned about black history that mm-hmm. you didn't know before? Well, I think um, it was one of our scripted podcasts that kind of um, taught me the most, cause we had to go deep and, and actually do our own research. Yeah. And I honestly, I think it was the, the uh, Sierra Leone episode from, right. from, uh, I think we named it uh, from Halifax to Freetown. Yes. That yes. episode, like the, yeah. um, just the, how deep and how resourceful the, um, the uh, black loyalists were mm-hmm. and the, the fact that they weren't, they, they would not settle, mm-hmm. which yeah. led a large portion of them to say, Hey, you know, if the, at the British 
government at the time was not treating them well. And yeah. and for them to say, hey, you know, we're not going to take this. We're going to go look for what we want. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a part of Black history that I didn't know. Yeah. No, Honestly, that's, yeah. That's yeah, a good yeah. one, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All Ooh. right. Um, I do have some <laughs> deeper questions, but okay, <laughs> you want right. to save those to last, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, you know how I go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> All right, Black Thought or Rakim? <laughs> Good one, DC Vice. Um, mm. damn. You know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Rakim. You're going to say Rakeem. That's surprising, man. Yeah. No, I'm going to say Rakeem only because, man, he was the he was just the foundation for all these. He was like for these MCs of bringing lyrical content and Black Thought is kind of a blueprint for that now. Mm -hmm. And I'll give him mad props for doing that. Nas is kind of like that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like these storytellers that were so good. And the fact that I learned how uh, Rakeem wrote his rhymes he is he was a very very good he was obsessed with john coltrane and he was a very very good very good saxophonist so mm-hmm. he tried to write his rhymes as if he was playing the sax right so you know and yeah, he would, yeah. and and that advanced uh you know sort of uh lyric lyr- lyrically it advanced hip-hop and and the content he was talking about was oh, yeah. so different and you know so I'm going to give it to them, just give it to him because he was a forefather and mm-hmm. I don't want him to be forgotten, but Black Thought and all those MCs, but Black Thought, especially, it's a very good uh, comparison is oh, yeah. carrying on that legacy as well. Definitely, and uh, But I would tend to say, uh, but on on the off note, I would say I'm, I would tend to lean to um, Black Thought's lyrical content. His content, yes. I connect with that more. Yeah, of course. uh, Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. I agree. All right. Okay. I'm going to throw something at you. I'm going to (laughs) say Biggie Smalls or... (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. Biggie Smalls or your favorite rapper or my <laughs> or is, favorite rapper is that is that a, is that a cop out? No, I no, just it's can't not. remember. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, it would depend on the period of my life, to be honest, man. So, but oh, if you want to go back to the '90s mm-hmm. in that period of time, yeah, I was deep into uh, Tupac, man. Okay, I was deep into Tupac. That uh, you know the 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 ghetto poet. Mm-hmm. I was deep into him. Yeah. And I didn't appreciate Biggie. Right. I didn't appreciate Biggie until later on in life, to be honest, mm-hmm. when, well past his death, like no. in, in probably in my 30s yeah, is when I started to appreciate Biggie. And I think the reason I didn't appreciate Biggie was because I didn't listen to a lot of his early stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I listened to his, his popular um, Puff Daddy stuff. Bad boy era. Bad boy yeah. stuff. Which and is, I did not listen to his because his early stuff was hard, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't appreciate him until later, although I was quite up on him very, very early. I was like, mm. uh, one of one of the songs was uh, who's on the Who's the Man soundtrack. It was yeah. called uh, Party and Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And and mm. I was like, oh, this this is pretty cool. Mm. And it, it sort of had that sort of street cred and yeah, Billy Rhyme flow, kind of like Eminem coming coming yeah. up as well but making it his own and then of course 
you know, he went the player way. Yeah. You know, he, he went the big pop away, which he could. He could hold his own. Which made but him it, cash. Yeah. But it, but his songs were more crafted for certain things. Yeah, but exactly. When he was raw, like rapping on the corner of bed he was mm. he was a, you know, I'll give it, I'll give him. I, I didn't listen to his, I don't know if I like a lot of his albums, you know. Yeah. But, um, but uh, his early stuff was, was. It yeah. was hard. It was gangster, and I was into yeah. that though. Yeah, at the yeah, time, yeah. it's just that yeah. I didn't hear it because yeah, a lot of the yeah. stuff was underground at that time, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of his early stuff was underground. It was not yeah. for for why. And once you got the digital music coming through, that's yeah. when it, it, all of his early stuff started coming out. Started said, coming oh, out. Yeah, man, Biggie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And uh, one of our guests, Kevin, Kevin mm-hmm. Yard. He's a big Biggie fan. So big shout Biggie out to fan. Kevin Yard. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. All right, my my turn, my turn. Now yep. this is this is a little bit deeper. Okay. Okay, and it's it's sort of like one of the questions that you asked earlier. But mm-hmm. um, what is the most valuable thing that you've learned about yourself over the three years of down home? Damn, that's deeper than the abyss. Um, yeah. <laughs> so sorry, just say that one more time. What is the most valuable thing that you've learned about yourself? over three years of down home? Um, I think one of the biggest things that I gained from all this was, uh, you know, some of it has been uh, sort of going back um, and interviewing family. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, I'll be honest, at times in my life, I felt very disconnected. And um, uh I think going back and interviewing them, it made me face some things that not nothing to do with them. It was my own sort of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it made me look at, um, you know, at similar, at sometimes, you know, I felt disconnected, but now I f- having these conversations, I, I was able to connect with them and understand them and come from a different perspective of some of the things that I had thought before and uh, just family's resilience, Mm -hmm. you know, just specifically just being uh, black and hearing their stories and the things that uh, they came from, it sort of helped me on my journey, believe it or not. And uh, I find that a valuable thing because I find, I think at the end of the day, you know, thorough knowledge of self is how you become a stronger person and connecting to our family roots, no matter what they were, or where they came from and how good or bad they are. It's, um, it's important to know your history and we all share that same history. So I think Mm -hmm. it's valuable to forgive some things and Mm -hmm. uh, move on from some things. Yeah, yeah. Good answer, man. Good answer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. So now we've often talked about, um, you know, Canadian racism isn't really seen that much because of the fact that we always look through the lens of the American, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, in the media and stuff. And I think on some levels, people always associate that with, what's going on in Canada kind of gets lost in the midst of what it does actually have, you know, and, and it has some of those, it has just as much. Now, what, how do you think 
by seeing that. Now we always talk. Sorry, this this question might come up confusing because I didn't really have it right around. I just have written down. I just have uh, points. But mm-hmm. with um, how do you think people move on from what exists today? Now we often talk about how having thorough knowledge of self empowers you knowing your history and blacks have always been good at that finding out their history um, even though a lot of it wasn't available now from a white perspective now don't you think we as black people have to look at sort of the whiteness side of where that comes from and the whites also have to look at their own whiteness and their own role Mm -hmm. in the way you know, racism has expanded today. Now, do you think that would help eradicate some things if people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, uh, I think there's two aspects to that. What you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think number one is is knowledge and well, two parts of number one is knowledge and education. Mm-hmm. So you you can't really form an opinion about something if you don't know about it so if if right. you and unfortunately these are things that have to be self-directed so someone that is white would have to actually search out and learn from from um credible resources about the uh the black community or about people of color to actually form an opinion and actually know about them mm-hmm. and then once they do know about uh, their the the black blackness in their community the second part of that is um not necessarily acceptance but tolerance mm-hmm. so once you have th- those two sides of it i think we move forward and we move forward quite well um because mm-hmm. yeah. tolerance is key i don't have to be i don't think they have to be my best friends some some white people like we mm-hmm. have a lot of white people around us in it that are friends right Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, you know, I don't have to be friends with everyone that I walk past the street. Yeah. Um, what I do expect is tolerance, though. Mm-hmm. I expect yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we've had for quite a long time in Canada is tolerance mm-hmm. for for our um our diversity. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. been a huge amount of tolerance until recently, and I think um the crap that's going on in the states has a lot to to do with the the growing lack of tolerance in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think um, I think those are the two things that we need to move forward and and everyone's lives to improve from from that aspect, man. Yeah, um, no, that's that's a great answer. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, uh, so last question. <laughs> yeah, last question. Last question number four. Um, it doesn't have to be. It has it has to be a specific episode. You don't have to remember the name of it or whatever, mm-hmm. but name an episode or a guest that has changed your na- your mind about a topic. I'll say that again. Uh, name an episode or a guest that has actually changed your mind about a particular topic. Um, I think uh, the one we did with uh, George Elliott Clark. Really, was really, really, it was really good be, just because he was spewing the history mm-hmm. and how it was all connected and how, you know, of, especially from the point of the Atlantic slave trade, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I found really opened my eyes to. I mean, I knew a little bit about it. I knew all of it, but just the sort of, it was very calculated. It was very yeah. like, 
and it was all for for money with no care of you know obviously black people caught up in the atlantic slave trade but also all the other countries man who were doing the same thing maybe to to and usually people of color you know what i mean mm-hmm. so and it just sort of opened my eyes to the the hierarchy of life sometimes and and the way uh people want to have control over people um and all for the greater good of their their bank or or just power and control mm-hmm. and uh you know and just how that narrative of course is carried forward and forward and forward and why we're still in the same things today and just some of these systemic things that get placed in front of us that we can't break free of because they made they became laws or or in our charters of rights like they became rules in society that um don't dictate uh you know personal freedoms in 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 the scope of things everyone has it but really they don't it's just a a piece of paper stating the fact but the actions don't you know what is it the actions are louder than the words you know yeah, what I yeah. Mean? yeah out of yeah. that and i think that was a big eye opener to me not only the depths of 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 racism yeah and the how far how, how far it has come to be what it is just out of those things like it's led to so much you know heartache and pain and and mm-hmm. and, and and you know systemic things like economic everything you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh and and not only just everybody who's not rich you know mm-hmm. so it makes me go wow i never really really thought about it in those contexts you know mm-hmm. and these are histories that aren't and that's the other thing these are histories i had to learn from a man who's well versed in history yeah. but it's not like i can get it in you know in in the education system and that's even still happening today you know i know things are changing but uh you know like i said it goes back to can people look at their whiteness like why can't we have all that sort of horrible stuff that happened in our history books so yeah. both people can see you know, and then maybe yeah, yeah. we can have some compassion for each other. We have compassion for each other now in a in a in a weird way because this is a t- these are topics of conversations on everyone's mind. Mm-hmm. But we got to. I think we got to dig a little bit deeper. But not to get too off topic, him sort of started that trigger effect for okay. all those things for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was. Uh, I think he was. A, he was a great guest. Yeah, honestly, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was going to end it with, uh, or, or did I do my four already? You did four, I think I man. did. Damn, I was <laughs> well, all excited. What, what Just did you have? What, your same thing, one of, your, one of the episodes that stood out to you. That stood out this season? Um, honestly, to be honest, it was surprising. Uh, well, not surprising. He, I knew he was going to be well-versed, but um, uh, Curtis Brooks uh, Lung. Oh, yeah. He... Yeah. Um, he it, like we, we specifically asked him about the Atlantic slave trade and some of the knowledge he was dropping about that was quite interesting. Mm-hmm, yes. Um, and I think it added a bit more depth yeah. to, to my knowledge about that. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, it was surprising actually, because yeah. we, and the other thing is that he was one of the guests that we didn't know personally. So we didn't quite know what we were, we were going to yeah. get going in and it was a, it was yeah. a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it's true. About the and, amount of knowledge that he had, right? So yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. and same with uh 
Joanne Doucette. I thought that was a good yeah, episode. That was good. Um, just because we didn't know her and the knowledge mm-hmm. she had of of that and the connection she had to Nova Scotia and yeah, you know, in all of it, like even in the journey, you know, Nova Scotia is connected to a lot of Black history. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's you know it's the place that people came from to escape slavery as free or enslaved people and the black loyalists that came and did their things, like you said. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this was the place that people came to start a new life. And, uh, Mm -hmm. the connection to that, that everyone finds is, is pretty cool with, with all the guests that we, we have had. Definitely immense. Well, there's, there's more stories to tell. And, um, so as, as I, I stated at the beginning, um, we're going to be entering our, our usual summer hiatus. Yep. Um, we'd like to thank everyone for listening in, uh, and viewing on YouTube as well as there are our listeners over our, our various, uh, audio podcast channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got more stories to tell. So we're going to, we're going to work on a, another set of, uh, episodes coming up in next year. Yep. Which would be our fourth year doing the podcast, which is surprising yeah it's yeah. pretty cool but yeah uh thanks to everyone listening and it's it's always been fun and uh to learn um so much and to even sort of open those doors of being able to be one of the people where we come from and tell this and continue the story of the legacy that was left and you know i, I can speak for derek that it's become a passion and uh it, it it just uh brings forth something i've always done and even doing this podcast it inspired my my poetry over the years as well so just to increase that ability to tell those stories and express myself um with some of the topics that we have to put it there it's just been a great great thing and we can't do it without the people who listen mm-hmm. so awesome. thanks very much stay tuned word You have been listening to Down Home. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. On a high plateau, from the one down below to the future of the funk, getting lost in the flow. Contact with the spot, McX. Now it's time to flex with the force from the soul, reaching all aspects, getting deep. No time to sleep as you reach your next phase, laying it all on the line. New trail start to blaze. It's a fire inside, a brand new path, breaking down the sum to one. Feeling the song, breaking new ground. From the breakdown. Strong transcribe with the vibe like magic prescribed. Only to see the perfect blend like a diamond in the rough. Ready to drop a perfect gem. It's time to shine so fine to see what you find. Revolution.